As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. you are welcome good souls of the planet and beyond paranormal now i'm alan b smith join us as we traverse the cosmic highway of paranormal portals and tantalizing turnoffs penny pierce is our guest tonight and she is the author of multiple books on spirituality dreams and your consciousness tonight we will be discussing the consciousness of the earth itself of mother nature of our relationship to it and for those of you who may be familiar with my commentary in this regard, uh, technically, yes, I consider myself a tree hugger. Uh, for I have hugged a tree, and I swear that it does actually have an effect in the core, in the solar plexus. I can't explain it. I don't know what it is, but it does something. And, and when I when I've done it before... With intention, it, it it just it's like it's like I just feel calmer there. It's it's really amazing, and with all the controversy that is going on with, I, I don't want to say well yeah we'll say anti climate change arguments. The fact is, no matter what one thinks is actually occurring. I think the thing that we can absolutely all agree on is that this planet is a magical place and that we're extraordinarily lucky to be here. I know another couple of planets in the solar system that I would not want to be living on. And I think, I would guess 90% of the people on this planet, maybe more, do appreciate nature and its gifts and the animals that live here and our relationship to it. In religion, in spirituality, 
in philosophy. It's used as allegory, a relationship to nature, the behavior of nature. It's used in metaphors, in poetry, in dogma, throughout religions, throughout the world, world myths, the tree of life. It's one of the most important, if not the most important topics to discuss. And I just don't feel like it gets enough attention. Aside from all the political arguments, why don't we spend more time actually talking about what our relationship actually is to the planet? What does it mean for us? I mean, we are the salt of the earth, right? I mean, that's the, that's the idea. And I, I, I'm compelled to understand what our, I don't want to say purpose necessarily. I mean, maybe when we speak to Penny later, she can, she can comment on that. But I, w- I want to know what our relationship is supposed to be with it. Or are we just an outgrowth of this planet to become something separate from it and therefore not necessarily responsible for it? Maybe we are that species that just takes off and, uh, you know, like they say in the Matrix, kind of like a virus. We just jump to the next planet, we'll consume everything there, jump to the next planet. Is that our fate? I, you know, I honestly, I hope not because like I said in, in the beginning, I have felt a connection with nature and I, I suspect that you all feel the same way. So we'll talk more about this with Penny when she gets here and so much more, you know, she has really great jewels of wisdom to share with us about how to sort of get grounded, raise our consciousness and, um, in her words, frequency. So hang in. And we'll get tuned in in just a little bit. Please share your thoughts and experiences with us during or after the show. Facebook.com slash Paranormal Now Radio. Twitter at Paranormal underscore now. And of course, join us in the KGRA chat room where you can pose your questions and join the conversation. And also, check out Paranormal Pop on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Paranormal Pop. That is my personal sister channel to Paranormal Now where we have a couple of new programs now. So we have Coffee and UFOs which is a short-form, casual conversation loosely based around ufology and the paranormal because on that program, on on the YouTube Paranormal Pop page, you don't have to be an author. You don't have to be a researcher. You can just be anyone, a friend, family member, someone I've I've chatted with. That's the whole point of that program. Um, So it's much more laid back. Now, the new program is fun with ufology. So the first three episodes have been released. I'm trying really hard to stay on schedule and, um, and release one UFO case per week, but that's turning out to be a little bit more difficult than I thought, but I'm going to give it a go. I haven't given up yet. So this week, the next video in the fun with ufology series, it will be about the read 1969 UFO event in Sheffield, Massachusetts. And so that one's a little bit trickier because Thomas Reed, who I'm in communication with, has been very helpful as a resource. So in a way, it's kind of slowed me down a little bit because I I have someone in real time that I can go back and forth with and fact check. So um, 
I'm much more nervous about the details of making this actual video because, you know, this person can just say, hey, that's not right. And then, well, it's already on YouTube and I don't want to have to redo it again. So uh, I'm taking my time, making sure we get it right because um, Tom's a good guy. Most people in this KGRA community, you know him. Um, and so, again, yeah, I'm very grateful that I have that resource. It's just taking a little bit longer than I than I expected. Penny Pierce is a respected clairvoyant, empath, visionary author, and popular lecturer and trainer. For well over 30 years, she has taught and counseled thousands of people internationally in all walks of life. She is one of the early pioneers in the intuition development movement, specializing in expanded perception, inner energy dynamics, dream work, and transformation. She helps leaders, professionals, artists, and those on a spiritual path to discover the hidden dynamics of what makes for true success. She lives in Florida. She is the author of 10 books, including Transparency, Seeing Through to Our Expanded Human Capacity, Frequency, The Power of Personal Vibration, The Intuitive Way, The Definitive Guide to Increasing Your Awareness, To Be the Dreamer, Not the Dream, Dream Dictionary for Dummies, The Present Moment, Bits and Pieces, 1, 2, and 3, Essays on Consciousness. Penny, welcome to Paranormal Now. It's good to be back. <laughs> yes. Thank you for coming back. So um, I, I'm, I'm excited because I obviously, I think I've emoted enough that I, I really love this planet of ours. And um, so when you when I asked you to come on and you suggested discussing the issues surrounding that, I thought that that's really the timing is it's just pertinent. It's it's. It's it's this is the time to talk about it because um, I feel like we're sort of on the the cusp of decision making that can really change the trajectory of the planet's condition and our life therein with it. Um, so, well, why don't why don't you tell me what do you think the planet is? Is it a a biological living thing, or is it just cause and effect? Well, I mean, I think you have to look at everything physical as having, you know, it had a physical cause, the Big Bang Theory and all, you know, there, it's not just physical, obviously, right? In, in at least the way I see life, um, that every physical thing has an inner energy blueprint. It has a pattern of consciousness and energy that gives rise to its form. So to me, the Earth, other planets, individual people, we all have our, we are spheres of reality, spheres of influence. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we're made out of combinations of frequencies of energy and consciousness. So to me, the earth is the same thing. So is the moon, you know, each one is like an entity, but what is that? It doesn't mean it's necessarily a soul. It can mean that it's a collection of souls. It could, a collection of frequencies um, so I feel like the earth is is an alive thing. It is made of energy and consciousness. It is conscious, you know, and and so is, are the trees, like you mentioned. You know, everything that we look at as an object is actually, if you go down into the form of it, you're going to find particles. And if you go down into the particles, you'll go all the way down to the atoms and into the electrons. And if you keep going... You'll go down these spirals into these almost like what I experience it as is like little white holes. 
like doorways between the physical and non-physical realms mm-hmm. where you can kind of rock in and out, you know, and have form, no form, form, no form, form, no form, you know, and, yeah. um, uh, well, and so, when you speak of spheres, um, h- how are we spherical or how is our conscious spherical? How does that work? Well, if you meditate, you might naturally experience this is that when you take your consciousness out when your eyes are closed and you're not looking at yourself as like a, a linear kind of creature mm-hmm. and your eyes are closed, you start to feel the aura, which is this a field of energy around the body. And if you expand your energy, it goes out in all directions equally. And then you start to realize that you are at the center point in a large sphere of energy and consciousness. And then that sphere actually can expand and include more and more of time and space and maybe even other dimensions, or it can contract down and you can be very finite, like a little, you know, an individual here on earth, uh, and you can expand out and become more of a soul group, you know, or a collective consciousness, and you can come back down in again and be physical. And we constantly move in and out through this great body of knowledge that we have of the universe. And so, you know, I think the earth is the same way. It's a sphere of consciousness that has materialized. I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> well, yeah, it gives me a good idea. Um, you mentioned soul group. Is that something that can be done when you're in the physical body or does that have to be something that's separate when, when you're out of the body? I think it can be done both. Um, but what is it is causing it to happen now more frequently is that the frequency on the planet is going up so much that we start to expand our sphere and realize that there are a lot of other beings in the sphere with us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like for the earth, if we stay with our nature theme, you know, the trees are in it with us and the yeah. animals are in it with us. And we're all sharing, you know, they're in my reality and I'm in their reality and so forth. It's mutually inclusive. Um, so as you start to realize that there are a lot of other beings inside your sphere, then you realize that those beings are all functioning at different frequencies. Some match you and some don't. If they're not very close to your own frequency, you won't really connect with them very much. Have you seen the show Sense8 on Netflix? You know... I think I might have watched one episode, but I don't recall much about it at the moment. It was, it was fascinating. It was the these what they called clusters of people. And certain clusters of, of individuals were able to connect to each other psychically. Yeah. Um, and they can sort of like transfer each other's uh, skills. And, um, yes. And yeah, yeah. It was really yeah. fascinating. Well, what I find with, as you realize that, well, first of all, you have to establish your own frequency. I call it your home frequency. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the soul in the body. You know, it's you being your spiritual self while you're in the physical world and merging the heaven and earth together. Mm-hmm. And you, what it feels like is like you just feel pretty happy, cheerful, uh, creative, enthusiastic, you know, everything, you know, nothing's against you. Uh, everybody probably experiences it in their own way, but it's generally the same basic thing. And so when you're in your home frequency, 
I always say, well, strike the tuning fork of that tone in your field, in your sphere, so that your tone, your original tone of who you really are just spreads out through the whole field. Interesting. Okay. And then you saturate with that and you keep remembering it every day. If you get disturbed, you go, wait a minute, that's not my frequency. Get back centered, strike the tuning fork of your own, own tone, get back into your kind of preferred state yeah, yeah. over and over and over again until it's normal. And at that point, you'll start to sense and see that the beings that are showing up out of your field are coming from the same frequency because you've saturated the field with that frequency, if this makes sense. And so you start to have this sense that the people that you meet or have relationships with or colleagues or people you want to do projects with are on the same wavelength that you are. But often they have like puzzle pieces that fit together into a collective. So I think I think it was interesting when you had mentioned work, because I think oftentimes people we we meditate or we we do our things for to get our spiritual groundedness and blah, blah, blah. But when you go into the workplace, oftentimes it's an environment where you need something from another person. Um, You know, so how do you apply that kind of staying neutral almost um, and just, you know, putting your frequency out there while at the same time going to someone, I need this or will you do this for me? Or Because I think what happens is when people get into the, the need of something, not not of their own accord, but because a job requires it, it, it kind of trips them up. Do, does that make sense to you? Yeah, it, I think it depends whether that sense of what's required of you puts you into self-sacrifice or not. You know, there's a way of... Or feeling desperate that you need something because yeah. you're pressure from someone else or whatever it might be. Right. And every time you go into that kind of thinking, it's basically that you're, um, you're basically thinking about what isn't. And at that point, you've evacuated out of your center. Ah, interesting. So... Whenever you get scared, contracted, feel like you have to do something to survive and are sacrificing yourself or going into all of those kind of negative, contracted emotions, you have displaced yourself out of the center of your sphere into kind of this projection into the outside, into an opposition, let's say, with the outside world. Does that make sense? It's like, oh, they're over there facing me. I have to fight them or overcome them or please them or do what all these machinations in order to survive Mm -hmm. you know the other way is get centered radiate your ball include them Mm -hmm. they're part of you we're all part of the same energy and then at that point if there's somebody needs something from you you don't get desperate you say oh well what do you need yeah what would you like sure i'll do what i can for you you know and then your compassion comes out And then once you're on that wavelength, your genius comes out, your creativity. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you get aligned with synchronicity. (laughs) And then, you know, things happen magically around you. You make it sound so easy, Penny. Well, it is once you get aligned and you start to saturate into that sense of staying in that alignment with soul. You know, spirit, soul, whatever, universal laws, um, you know, you go in the direction life is going and you stay in it and you trust. Do you think the law of attraction is oversimplifying 
I don't like that term, frankly. Yeah. I think um, I, I, I think it's a partial description of an accurate um, sense of universal principles. But to mm-hmm. say the law of attraction means that you want to get something from the outside world that you think is separate from you, and so you're going to use willpower and intention and and you know trying to pull something to yourself and overcome negativity or whatever. And that's not the way life works. So instead of that, I call it the the law of emergence, where you're in your sphere, Mm -hmm. you've opened your sphere, the thing you need is in the sphere with you, and you focus attention on it, not intention, because intention futurizes it. Right. Attention attention is in the present moment. I have to ask you this just because... um, (laughs) Do you think that you could put your frequency out there so far and wide that you could sync with, let's say, an extraterrestrial? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Um, I think, first of all, you have to realize that we're already everywhere. The ball is an imaginary focal length, like on a zoom lens on a camera. Uh So if you relax enough, you'll realize that everything's inside your sphere. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you you put it this way, Penny, because it, physics, quantum physics in particular, but, but physics in general, it's, it's generally agreed that time is not linear. That's right. And it's funny because science kind of accepts that as a as a solid theory um, that it's not linear, and yet the physical world, the domain that we live in, is linear. So far. <laughs> so, far, so far as we understand it. Right. Right. Uh, I think, boy, we're touching on a lot of the stuff from my books. Um, what I think is happening <laughs> is that because the frequency on the planet keeps accelerating, and this is, I think, from some kind of cosmic event, that's what I've dreamed, but I don't know literally what it is, but um, that everything is speeding up. And the acceleration just keeps accelerating. And pretty soon, you know, linear thinking is too slow. You know, it's, it's like um, cause and effect. You have to go through all these steps to get something to happen. Well, you don't really need to anymore because actually consciousness is encompassing the present moment more and more and more and more. And the more you get in the present moment, the more instantaneous everything is. Yeah. Right, So we can have instantaneous healing, instantaneous materialization, dematerialization, instantaneous knowing of almost anything. And um, so time, the, the past and future are swallowed up by a vast present moment, which is, you know, the unified field, the, the universe. It reminds me of Art Bell's theory of the quickening. Yes. Yeah, that's it. It's absolutely the quickening. So are we are we headed towards a singularity then? Is that is that what it is? Well, that's what we came from originally. Uh-huh. You so know, we come from that. That's our that's what we're remembering now. And yep. we came out of that and involved ourselves into form by coming down in frequency. Mm-hmm. And if you get slow enough, it fragments into time and space. 
So if we, you increase your frequency enough, time and space goes away and you're in the, the unified field again, part of all things. Everything is part of everything. So because we are, our energy, our, our, our aura is, is spherical and that the earth itself is spherical. Right. Is, is that a literal direct relationship? Absolutely. One of the great meditations is to go down into the earth. It's a shamanic thing, you know, actually, if you go down into the earth, actually go down into the earth, right? Yeah. Yeah. Go down through into, in your imagination, your mind, which (laughs) is, you know, another realm and go all the way down through tunnels or whatever you want to visualize, or just slide right on down to the center point of the earth. Mm-hmm. So just as you would be in the center of your body or your sphere, then you could be in the center of the earth and know the earth as your body, as your reality. Well, I you, could, the- you could slide into the identity of the earth as a consciousness. So you're, you're, you're getting, becoming in sync with the earth's consciousness itself. Yeah, not just in sync. You're actually merging into it to become it. To be, to become it. So yes. not to be confused with a possession or something like that. It's no, no, no. Um, we all sh- we all can merge into each other and back and forth in and out all the time to feel into each other to sense things. You know, we can sh- we share space often. And yeah, you know, we share time and space and in our energy bodies. Let's say. It's not about possession. It's it's about um, you know conscious communion, <laughs> if anything. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about obsessive coffee drinking? <laughs> uh, Asking for a friend. Oh, okay. Um, well, I think that this touches on another part of of the transformation process. Is as the frequency gets higher. A lot of the stuff that used to be suppressed in the subconscious mind, which is a very low frequency, it's fear-based ideas and stuff, mm-hmm. um, used to be able to be suppressed. But now it's popping up to the surface because there's nowhere for it to hide. You know, the, the frequency yeah. isn't low enough for it to stay hidden. So it's coming up into the conscious mind. And as it does that, we often go into resistance and don't want to face it. So we try to do... A, variety of manipulations, uh-huh. usually through fight or flight methodologies from the adrenals. So I'm right? just going to pause it right there, Penny. We'll, we'll continue this on the other side. Okay. But I'm, I'm just going to say right at this moment, I feel much better. It makes my coffee drinking as spiritual as I like it, like to <laughs> well, believe it is. So <laughs> We'll get into it more after we, the break. We will get into it more. Sure, sure. All right. This is Alan B. Smith for Paranormal Now on KGRA Radio. And I just want to say happy birthday. Ronald Toldavar of Earth Radio. Thank you, brother, for being such a great supporter of this program. I appreciate you, and I appreciate everyone else in the chat room as well. Well, we'll be back in just a moment while I sip on some coffee. Alan B. Smith, hang in there. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No now you have the inside contact for alternative talk radio. The Planet. KGRARadio.com. Well, it's nice to know I'm not the only one addicted to coffee out there. Thank you, everybody, <laughs> for joining us once again. Uh, who knew that t- coffee will be a spiritual conversation? I hoped, I've, I believed, and Penny is making me feel better, but she hasn't quite finished yet, so we'll, right. s- we'll see where this goes. Right. Um, I was talking about how the subconscious is opening and emptying. It's kind of like Pandora's box is opening, and everything that used to be suppressed and in- avoided is now coming up to be faced. And uh, and and so what happens then is that the the body or the sub the you know whatever our programming tells us let's ignore this and push it back down and and get rid of it or let's fight it or control it or something and so we go into the adrenal kind of third chakra area where it's all about fight or flight so we use methodologies like flight would be I'm going to leave my body and not pay attention to this and go into apathy and give my power over to the leaders of our country. I don't want to have to think about it, you know, Um, or addictions or something. You know, I just, I'm not going to confront this stuff. The other way, the fight methodology is where coffee comes in because it has to do with, I'm going to be proactive on this. I'm going to get strong. I'm going to fight it. I'm going to control it. I'm going to keep myself busy, you know, and all of that. So, uh, I think that there was a trend toward fortifying ourselves as as strong individuals, you know, and <laughs> lots of coffee, big SUVs, it, you know, all of that sort of yeah, yeah. Uh, macho sort of stuff started coming in. Well, I've I've also had a very unscientific scientific theory for myself, and okay, so one, and for everybody listening, this is not medical advice. Um, <laughs> For one, I was once told that I, I generally have lower blood pressure. I don't know if that's true or not because every time I get my blood pressure, it's always good. So I don't know where that came from from that person, but that's what I was told at one point. And that person, um, somehow we correlated that to people with low blood pressure are attracted to stimulants like coffee. I don't know if that's true or not, uh, but I thought that was an interesting point. But I, I do wonder – Someone who likes lots of of coffee, um, are they? Is their brain maybe, you know, lacking uh, the production of of some other chemical, and it's it's sort of like self medicating in a way. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think it's it. For, for if you have a, an avoidance issue, and you don't want to feel something. Uh, you can try to avoid it by keeping yourself very busy or super active or stimulated mm-hmm. in various ways, you know, and that may in, in itself cause 
certain chemical imbalances that then require medication with certain kind of foods or things like that. I think it's all tied together in a big loop, you know. Um, as soon as you, you know, when I break habits, which I do, I try to break them once a year. <laughs> I try to keep myself. And I said, let's just be plain and simple again for a little while. What am I like without all these other things in my my field? You know, what if I'm just here? Um, and that's an interesting thing to uh, explore. Yeah. For everyone listening, later in the second hour, we'll open up the phone lines. There's so much ground we're covering tonight. If you have any questions, call in and ask Penny your your questions. So just call the Paranormal Radio app hotline. That's 85KGRA-LIVE. Paranormal Radio app hotline, 85KGRA-LIVE. In the second hour, I will give you the cue when to call in, and we'll take your questions. So... I did see a comment uh, slash question in the chat room. I don't know if it was an official question, but um, does this apply to decaf coffee? <laughs> uh, Probably not. I mean, I guess there's that the um, placebo effect. Right. I think sometimes it, it has to do with um, wanting to put yourself in a particular mood, you know, to, to feel a certain way, and we use things to be an excuse to feel that way. You could probably get yourself into any mood you wanted just by thinking yourself into it, but we use physical things, you know, right. that's human. Yes, yes. So thinking yourself into it, <laughs> we, were, we were talking about the earth, and yeah. I, I guess when you get your frequency tuned with the earth, I, you are thinking yourself into it, right? You're You're training your mind to to get to a place where that can occur yes i think it's a a subtle difference between thinking yourself into it with your left brain Mm -hmm. where you're analyzing it and you know all that and feeling into it from the right brain where you merge with it and you pay attention so much that you just slide into uh you know, a connection, not just a connection, a communion, and then a oneness, mm-hmm. so that you are the earth in that moment. You do know what your body feels like from the center, you know, molten core yeah. to the tectonic plates, and why your surface is shifting around the way it is. You know, maybe you at the insiders like tired of just being held in a certain position for too long. And you need to shudder, mm-hmm. you know, like we do when we're like, you know, <laughs> uh, and uh, and so you might find, yeah, we need a little earthquake over here. A little volcano needs to go off over here. Um, there's energy balancing and equalizing itself. And the earth is not alone in the universe. It's connected to all kinds of energy flows, you know, photon belts and, you know, all kinds of things. And on the force of all the other planets, there we're in a, a family kind of constellation system in our, in our solar system. All the bodies are connected to each other and helping and affecting each other. We just haven't looked at how all those things are working yet. You know, at, at at the inner level, you know, on the external, we can look at through telescopes and w- work with science. But at the metaphysical, 
at the higher level, at the inner energy level, there's some fantastic stuff going on where everything knows about everything else. Everything helps everything else. You know, I've, it's not I've, about destruction. I have an interesting question from the chat room. This is from Neutron. It says, with the present noted slowing of the Earth's core, thus a change in its natural frequency, as at the same time our mechanical atomic clocks, time that we follow stays the same, is this possibly because of us feeling time is speeding up, as you mentioned earlier? Does that make sense? Um that's a that's a lot for me to chew on. It is. <laughs> Just it's, for a minute. Um, yeah. uh, my feeling is that um, the, the the linear reality that we're also used to, right? That comes from the left brain consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, the atomic clock kind of relates to that right now. The the Schumann resonance, for instance. I don't think relates to that at all. You know, here we have a, an oscillation between the center of the earth and the ionosphere. Yeah. And we have quite significant um, acceleration in that, which has been stable for long, long, long time. And now it's suddenly changing and sometimes spiking quite a lot. I don't know about how that is related to the, the core that, that you were talking about there, but, um, I think that there's outer time and inner time maybe is a way to talk about it. That if you go into the present moment and inside into the non-physical reality, you start to function in a kind of reality mm-hmm. where all time is there. There's no time, all time, do you know? Um, and then there means that you are capable of bringing things from the imaginal realm and materializing them instantaneously shape-shifting if you will dematerializing it means that there could be instantaneous healing of of illnesses or chronic patterns of things or of the energy crisis or of you know anything we have got to i think go into and learn to be in the inner realms Mm -hmm. in order to change I've called it the inner blueprint of things, you know, right now, as long as you stick to linear perception and science and all of that, um, everything looks logical and in a timeline, uh, it looks impossible to change because things look so terrible out there. But if you go into the inner world, all you have to do is telepathically get together with a lot of other beings on the same wavelength. And they say it only takes 10% to change, to create that tipping point of consciousness so what you've had you've had practicing buddhists for thousands of years doing this sort of work right Mm -hmm. and so i i wonder are we better off than we might have been and we just don't know it because my my what do you mean might have been my my issue well have they if the buddhists hadn't been there (laughs) for what in a sense in, in a sense that that the idea that enough collective prayer or enough uh, meditation and intention and tuning in would would help us would make the world a better place and yet the world continues going on and on and humans continue to commit atrocities so for me i always think with all of that 
billions and billions and billions of people over the the the, the thousands of years, the millennia, wanting things to be better, wanting peace, wanting harmony, and yet it doesn't happen. Yeah, so, but you're looking at it in a linear way. Mm-hmm. Um, the priesthoods, not so much priesthoods, but the initiates, let's say, mm-hmm. the mystics, have always known about the effect of the inner mind of 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 creating inner blueprints or you know shamans will call it the dream the dream of reality if you if you go in and change the dream the reality will change mm-hmm. um all right so um i think what's happening now is because again of the acceleration more and more people are waking up they're yearning they're sensing these interpenetration of spirit and matter that maybe you talk about it as UFOs or as intergalactic beings that show up in your dreams or as ascended masters or whatever, but that there's a greater sense that something very high frequency is happening. And, um, you know, as we start to tune into that level, mm-hmm. then more and more people become motivated to be on a spiritual path, which also means basically get rid of fear clean yourself up, get rid of blockages, and become your soul. And then function here in the physical world according to spiritual principles. And realize that the physical world itself is functioning according to spiritual principles. Right. All right, so that is what's happening. But it's not just a few, you know, enlightened individuals in temples. It's people all over the world that are waking up now and coming together in groups and who knows what they're doing in their dreams, you know, <laughs> you know, in the, the, the collective non-physical experience that we're having, mm-hmm. but we are having it in the physical as well. So we are building a critical mass. And, um, as that happens and the intensity of this high frequency energy is actually materializing, mm-hmm. that's what's causing the fear to come up out of the subconscious realms. And so there are people who are, who don't want to change, who can't understand what's happening to them. They are fighting it. And, you know, it's basically the ego is dying, um, both in individuals and collectively. And as it starts to have to relinquish control, I think that's what ego death is. It's like, it's not the boss anymore. Um, Then it fights like crazy through all kinds of different manipulative techniques and distractions and so forth in order to maintain control. And we see growing polarization then between the left brain, which is very separated, isolated, and um, cut off and thinks it has to do everything alone. And you look at what's happening with leadership around the world today. There's a lot of dictators arising. You know, so that subconscious sense of the ego is showing up right now so that it can become visible. That is all for the positive in a way, even though they're, you know, doing awful things in the meantime, people are going to be able to see what was hidden before and make choices about it. And of course, then they can choose, you know, the home frequency path or the the path of spirit. Yeah. That will tip the balance. You said the 10%. What what is that 10%? 
I think it is um, a kind of a collective consciousness of understanding that it's not, you know, either or, it's not Republican or Democrat, it's not men or women, it's not oppositional things that you have to make a choice between. It's the third point above those two in the triangle that sees the integration of the other two points. So Earth clearly is going through some changes. What do you think is is happening right now? Um, there's an explosive, no pun intended, an explosion of volcanoes, of volcanoes exploding. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the fires in Australia. And now there there were plenty of reports of of arson and uh, mismanagement that that may have stoked this problem, mm-hmm. uh, but the environment allowed it to flourish. Mm-hmm. And we were losing, I don't know how many species a day all over this planet. Um, so is this just a natural cycle? It could be part of a much larger natural cycle that than we've experienced in our lifetimes. But I think that it's also um, a symptom of... Um, the inner blueprint changing from one reality to another and energy being released out of the subconscious, which is agitated. You know, as you have fears come to the surface, there's that wrestling match with, I don't want to see it. I need to see it. I don't, let's push it down. Let's run away. Let's confront it. Let's try to control, you know, all this stuff that's going on, Mm -hmm. which is, it's like anxiety. It's like, um, it really is an agitation, a frustration. It, it affects the emotions in various ways. And if you take global emotion, you know, of um, people being confused, overwhelmed, scared, um, wanting to fight, wanting to kill other people because they don't like a different point of view, uh, then you can see that weather itself is kind of a symptom or a effluvia, if you want, of global emotion. And so fire, explosions, it has to do with releases of energy. It has to do with purification, you know. And um, I think that there will be, actually, I think a lot of people leaving the planet through various kinds of deaths in the, the next 20 years or so. Um, and so some of the animals and forms of life may go too. But then again, when I look in the in the non-physical realms, all those inner blueprints of all those species still exist. There's also potential as the animals who stay on the planet or the trees and the plants who stay for evolution and for new forms of life to suddenly occur. So it's a changing of the guard in a certain way, mm-hmm. and it's... I think things will balance themselves out, but we have to balance ourselves out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Are we are we a mutation? Are we a virus? Or, like in the mind of Terrence McKenna, are we actually the outgrowth of the mind of the planet? And if that's the case then the, all the negative things that we are doing to the planet right now, it's sort of like the planet's doing it to itself. And is there, is there a purpose for, for what we're going through right now? 
Um, I think that humanity as a whole is an evolution of the consciousness of the planet. It's, it's the, it's like rocks evolved in, you know, to plant kingdom, to animal kingdom, to human kingdom, to spirit kingdom or whatever it's going to go to next Mm -hmm. that, um, but what's happening is that life was able to become conscious of itself. That's the key thing. And humans allow were able to become self-conscious. As that happened, it also developed um, the consciousness of separation. Uh-huh. And then that created fear, and then that created all of the problems we have and all of the hatred and the fears of being things being different or being separated from ourself and from love and blah 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 you know um so we are the we're the outgrowth of the dream of the planet yeah and there are other forms of life i'm i know there are intergalactic beings because i work with them all the time and and uh they are outgrowths of other kinds of beings, you know, that, and as a whole, we are a, a sphere of consciousness in our own right. Um, and yet, so I think that we are on a path right now to get rid of the mistake of separation or the perception of separation. And we are being assisted by a lot of very wise beings from higher dimensions, you know, from people who've gone through the learning of the planet, like ascended masters, who are, and and beings who have seen it all, and they're here to help. They are really here to help. There is a lot of help. And uh, I've, I've dreamed it. I've seen the amount of beings that have come around the earth to watch this transformation of the planet. And it is astounding. Is so, it akin to us observing something in nature and, and not wanting to interfere with the natural process, with animal, wildlife, that sort of thing? Um, obviously, animals, you know, kill each other and um, you might just, Mm-hmm. We watch documentaries where we see a vulnerable uh, bird, right? Uh, mm-hmm. A chick or a vulnerable uh, wolf that's been left behind by its pack for some reason. And now it becomes prey. And instead of humans in the documentary stepping in and, and saving it, we film what happens to it. Mm-hmm. Is that what's happening with these beings? They're not mm-hmm. not stepping in. No, not exactly. Uh, I think that there is a wisdom about trusting us, trusting the the process. And in some ways, these beings are already in a higher, very high frequency sphere, which we could call the future. They already know how things are going to work out, and they're here to help. Um, I'm I'm not sure when your break is, but I, I have had a number of visions. Um, one was that I saw the planet and I saw, I mean, billions of clear balls of light coming in from all over the universe and packing in around the planet. This mm. was 
long time ago. And they were all beings who had come to watch, you know, this kind of cool show that was going to go on on the earth of everything transforming because it was time and they knew it was going to happen. But their very presence of that high frequency sort of band of consciousness that came around the earth started to activate a lot of the beings that were in the body so that they started yearning for that mysterious thing that was higher up. So their presence did affect us and they were there to help if we wanted to call on them, but their very presence itself became a magnet for us to seek the right direction, do you know? Um, and, but they're not going to interfere and do it for us, but they're going to be there with us. This comes from uh, Bill, our producer. Does, do you believe that if the earth is threatened, that these higher beings would intervene to preserve the animal life. Uh, if if we go nuclear, I mean, if we if if human beings are are seconds away from destroying this planet, would they would they step in and uh, create an arc, as it were? I think you're thinking a bit physically here. Still, still physical, yes. Yeah, um, I think that what they do is they are very good at telepathy mm-hmm. and at. Um, facilitating things like synchronicity or suddenly popping a thought into somebody's head about, oh, maybe I should do this next, or, oh, this might be a solution to this problem. Let me invent this thing. Or um, or causing synchronicities of events that can interfere with other events. Um, so it'll, it is like that. It's been like that. Mm-hmm. Through time, it has been like that. Well, what am I- it, it will be. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Christopher Nolan is one of my favorite filmmakers, and he deals with time and perception so well. A, a very complicated subject to yeah. create an art form, a narrative art form around, and uh, he, he does it very well. I've so here's here's the thing: is that if we, if whatever, if if time doesn't necessarily exist linearly then every decision I'm making now, is it predetermined or do we still have free will in this? You absolutely have free will. And there are things that you as the soul want to do here in this time. Well, let's, let's talk more on the other side of the break about this. We have another full hour, no interruption, so much ground to cover. I'm really excited about this penny. And uh, yes, I've been stuck on the physical, so I'll take this. (laughs) I'll take the time to lighten up during the break. So, Alan B. Smith from Paranormal Now on KGRA Radio. Stick us, stick with us. We will be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. 
Sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the KTRA Digital Broadcast Station. It's a whole new way of life. Salt Lake City, Utah. Hudson Valley, New York. Welcome back to Paranormal Now. This is Alan B. Smith. My guest tonight is Penny Pierce. If you want to find out more about Penny, just go to Penny, P-E-N-N-E-Y, Pierce, P-E-I-R-C-E dot com. Taking us out of the break was I Want to Believe by Septembrio. If you want to find out more about Septembrio, go to Septembrio.com. They are good people, great music. If you like it, go and support them. Okay. So Penny and I were talking a little bit during the break. There's a lot, like I said, going into the break of ground that we want to cover. And um, I, I just know it, Penny, by the time we get to the end of this hour, it's just not going to be enough. I know. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Yeah, I think that part of this thing about looking at what's happening to the earth and society in the physical world you know, we can't ignore it. We, we're here, and, and it's important that we take action according to our heart, to our own urges and what we're built for, what we love to do, um, and do what we feel like doing and, and contribute and, um, you know, build, build toward that tipping point. But also, it's so important not to go into the whole fear beliefs about how awful it all is, how bad it's going to be, how the earth is going to be destroyed and how blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I think you just add to the, the, you know, we were talking earlier about creating your home frequency yeah, and, and saturating with it and including everything in it. Well, let's get it to a high frequency, include the earth in it too. If you start talking about what's wrong and what's not going to happen and how bad people are, you're just kind of throwing a bunch of, dirt into the field and fogging up everything. So we have to be clear spaces in the field of the earth and we have to hold the earth inside of ourselves, you know, and, and let it hold us inside of itself and work together with it. Do you know, it's, yeah, it's a brotherhood, sisterhood, you know, family kinship kind of thing. And we need to be able to feel that, not just think about it in our left brains, but actually go in and and tactily have the experience of that um, communion. I always use that word, not so much connection or relationship, because that still means separation. Uh-huh. When you're in communion, you've become one and are the thing. You're not becoming the thing. You actually are being it. Communion. Yeah. So that, so two things, two thoughts I have. One, in the Torah or Old Testament, Lucifer is the separation from spirit, right? Isn't that what right. that story represents? Right. Right. And and I was, you know, raised Catholic, and we, we spoke in terms of, you know, your first communion. Mm. 
because it wasn't supposed to be you just send out a prayer right and, and cross your fingers it, it, was <laughs> be, you know, it was supposed to be i never liked the word relationship right with with god or relationship with jesus or whatever a communion always made more more sense to me yeah 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 we got to bring it down into the body if you have a relationship it's still up in the head it's a head word mm-hmm. it is it is you know and communion is something that you feel you know when you're really in love and the other person is like a, an extension of you and you're an extension of them you've got you're really in a communion oh no we i i can tell you that firsthand yes there are moments where the love of my life and i will be craving the same exact food at the same exact time and text each other <laughs> no that sounds silly but there are <laughs> moments where just our brains are in sync it's yeah. it's it's odd and um and fun when it happens <laughs> Yeah, but, but there but there is something to that. There really is. It's like it's like we you know how people have um, roommates and they live together for a long enough time. There are certain things that sync between the two people that can, can go unsaid, and you can sort of feel things together from a distance. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Now, why why is it that that seems to more easily happen organically w- without effort, and rather than you know, people want it to happen. Yeah. And then it, it, they're like, oh, it's not working. I remember when I was a teenager, I was I was trying this with a friend, trying to, we both were like, okay, we're going to try to communicate with each other psychically. We, we tried over and over and over again. Yeah. It just never happened. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what they say. Trying kind of pushes everything away because it's willpower. And, you know, in the spiritual world, willpower doesn't work because it actually doesn't even exist. Because all you have to do is think about something and it's there. Yeah. Just like, you know, when one of your loved ones dies, they're not gone. And it's the biggest insult to them to think, to mourn them. You know, that, oh, they're not here. And they're sitting right in front of your face going, but I'm here, I'm here, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, in their other frequency. They're in non-physical life. They're not in death. So, um, you know, I I, I think that we have to... um, stay in that positive state of what really is and not go into those negative um, definitions of things. Right. So I want to tackle this now with you then, and then we'll try to to move on in a more constructive and positive way. But the earth does feel or seem like it's in pain sometimes, um, or people report that. Is that, is that something that we could, that humans can actually connect to if the earth does feel a sort of pain? Is that part of that communion? Do we, uh, do we know, can we sense, oh, the earth is in pain or, or is there no such thing as the earth actually feeling pain or, or pleasure as it were? Yeah, I think that's kind of anthropomorphizing the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the earth adjusts its, its, itself to whatever conditions are happening. And uh, it's, it's actually quite neutral, but it will, um, the more that we as the outer expression of the earth's consciousness, you know, as we talked about before, we are the the um, outer form 
of the Earth's consciousness. It's the Earth becoming conscious of itself. Um, but we're in pain. The Earth's not in pain. Hmm. And so we're in pain because when we became separate as individuals, then we started to see separation and we went into fear and fear causes gaps in consciousness. Does that make sense? It's like you oh. have, I have this and you don't, so I don't have it. Or I'm not over there or I'm not with you. Or, you know, we talk about what isn't. Right. It's funny. That, we, we speak in fear in terms of irrationality and how destructive it can be for humans. But yes. if you've ever seen a, an animal or a cat overreact, um, it's, it's, it's also can put itself in a dangerous situation, not eat, not drink. Um, it's, it's a very powerful tool that nature has given us. Yes, to get calmed down and recentered again. Right, but with humans, we go we go far beyond that. Oh yeah, we don't yeah. let go of it. Right, and we're stuck in it, mm-hmm. and so we're in pain. We are suffering because of the way our left brain and ego, basically, that's my theory, um, is controlling us, keeping us separate. The more you go into your right brain, you have, first of all, no language. And you don't feel separation because everything is part of one big unified field. Your cells are the stars, you know, that they're that's the same consciousness at you know micro and macro levels. Um, and then you start to know yourself that way very directly. Um, that's what I keep saying about going into the inner world is really going into the right brain so that we can fall through all the concepts of the left brain just temporarily. Yeah. You know, we need the left brain to stay conscious, to, you, to make meaning. Yeah. Can you talk to us about the, the bifurcating of the planet? Oh, you want to get into that all right? I yeah, sure right. do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I'll have to tell you this visionary dream I had. Okay. Again, many, many years ago where I was... Um, talking to this man who was a healer and he was dressed in a business suit and had come from the East coast. And I was living in California at the time. And he said to me, you know, Penny, those uh, suits back there, they're really solid. And I went, Oh, I know what you mean. It's like, there's so much in their left brain that they couldn't get any idea of what he was trying to do and talk to them about. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, I know what you mean. And he goes, well, he looks over at me. He says, well, you're right on, on schedule. And I looked down at my left arm, and it was transparent up to my shoulder. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that's right. We're supposed to become transparent. And then this entire memory flooded back into me that this lifetime was the one I'd been waiting to live for a long, long, long time, because this was the time when we were going to get to experience this huge event, and in my mind, the event was called the void. And to survive the void, you had to become like the void, meaning transparent. And then I knew that being transparent meant that you couldn't hold anything to yourself. Concepts of identity or limita- limited belief systems or anything, you just didn't hold ideas. You let them flow in and out and move around through you. And that if you were open and fluid that way, then you would be able to survive this experience. And um, 
and and part of that was that our sense of time that there was going to be an an experience where time would stop basically and you know how we while we're alive we blink out and go out and daydream and then we come back into the body and then we go out at night and we dream you know and then we come wake up in the morning and you know we're always blinking in and out yeah well during this experience when time stops we would blink out and if you didn't understand how to come back and how to be fluid um, very likely you might die because you couldn't understand what was happening and it would be overwhelming. And there would be also a big inrush of energy, like a flood of high frequency energy during this time of the stoppage. But if you didn't have any concepts of yourself to limit you, you would just sort of integrate that energy and you'd come back in again and you'd be a, almost like a different person, a very high frequency kind of person. Um, others who couldn't integrate the energy would maybe not come back in. All right. So, and then, the, but that didn't bother me in the dream. I said, oh, that's fine. You know, <laughs> could be a lot of people that were going to die. And I said, well, that's all right. And then I saw the next piece of it, which was that the earth itself was going to jump to a higher frequency. And that those, those of us who came back as a higher frequency beings would live on that earth. But the other Earth, there would be another Earth at this point. There would be a bifurcation of the planet where a slower frequency Earth would continue to exist, where people who needed to have their reality be a little slower and not quite ready for everything yet, they would just incarnate again back onto that Earth. And so nobody's lost, no big problems, no, you know, nobody's gone at all. It's not a tragedy. Um, but there would be two parallel realms, Earth in the same kind of space of time and space, but at different frequencies. So right now, as we speak, are there other Earths that exist? You mean parallel Earths to the one we are on now? Yes. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure there are. Um, so the bifurcation would be something different from that or an extension uh, like, or is it like within our reality? Within our global reality. I, and that's what I wrote in my Oracle letter, which people can access um, on my website. I just sent it out, but it's in my, on my blog um, that I, I got that the word for the year was bifurcation and that this was a time when our realities were going to, actually separate because of the the increasing polarity that we would get to a point where actually we can't see each other's realities like we don't understand that the realities are that different and each one's reality is proven to them and real to them and the other one isn't real it's getting more and more that way um and yet, the people who go into a more kind of enlightened, open, high-frequency reality still can see the others, but you're not dipping back into it and sharing reality with them. In other words, we're not commiserating. Right. So not not to get into the, the dirty details of it and political sides and all that, but, right. I mean, Trump is really, President Trump really is... Uh, the personification of this all. The, mm -hmm. the He's the personification of ego death. 
Well, what I was going to say is that you have <laughs> you have people that are good people, um, who have very they they they're it's it's like they're looking at two different people. Mm-hmm. They're looking at this person and seeing completely different people. I exactly. The, I mean, honest to goodness, like psychologists will be writing you know, pieces on this for decades to come. Like it is such an odd phenomenon, mm-hmm. and I don't, I, I can't, I can't grasp it. I don't get it. Well, it's kind of like the OJ trials. What I think back, that was the first time I started noticing this, mm-hmm. where. You know, it's like, huh? <laughs> we don't see each other's realities really much at all here. Yeah, yeah. Very different. Um, but yes, and it's interesting that he's a Gemini. You know, I don't know if that really pertains, but, uh, you know, but Trump. Um, I think he's really a catalyst for so much of the subconscious material coming up so that we can all see it. So, you know, I'm not hating anybody or anything, but I think it's an interesting thing to mm-hmm. watch this ego going through its, um, you know, repertoire of, of um, control games and so forth. Yeah. And so we can watch it. We can see it for those who have eyes to see, as they say, you know. Um, well, here, I think what I find frustrating, and it's not that there aren't people that if you dislike him, you can see the appeal of certain aspects, right? Um, some things a- accomplished, um, and vice versa. Y- you can you can like him and then say that there's some faults, but the but the division on on opposite sides is is so extreme. I wonder if it's not Trump, but it's us. Like, like you said, like this bifurcation or whatever is happening on this planet, that it's just us seeing things differently. It is. It, and it is, I think, a symptom, again, of the subconscious mind emptying. Mm-hmm. And whenever that happens, we get increased polarity. Us versus them. My right way is right, and your way isn't, and, you know, all of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and... Um, you know, it's like you have to take sides because it's a split. We're in this, in the gap, in the separation and in the fear that comes with, you know, polarity is separation, two points separated. Um, the, so it's not about taking sides right now. It's about moving beyond the two points of the polarity into again, that third point Mm -hmm. that is the, um, the integrator point, the point that says, oh, look at how these two sides are actually doing the same thing, but in different ways. Yeah. So it seems to me like the the bifurcation is not necessarily a negative thing or a positive thing. It's just a thing. the next natural thing. The next, ne- next natural thing, mm-hmm. uh, which is to say we could also come together um, if we did then the earth might not have that split, right? Like if we were able to, to pull it together collectively, then that might not happen. Or is it already too late? We're already sort of on that Well, I, I think that um, I, I kind of get the sense that, 
you know, we can reach a tipping point. Um, there's going to be a lot of salvation around for the planet, but I still think it may shift into a higher frequency. Um, you know, if we get enough people to join into the third point above the two polarities, let's call it that, you know, yeah. it's not like I'm right and you're wrong. No, there's a thing that where both, like for instance, if you look at conservative and liberal people, conservative often are, um, you know, afraid of change. They want things to remain the same. And, uh, and then the more liberal are open for change and want things to evolve. And, but they can be very, um, in some ways, passive and more victim-y. And then the, the conservative people can often be more, um, controlling and, and, um, you know, so it's more like, uh, yin and yang points of view about the same thing of um, being afraid of what loss of self or whatever the core fears are that we have because of separation. We feel like uh, we're alone that will be annihilated. I don't know that those are core inner fears. I think that each human has. Yeah. Um, and so we have two different ways of approaching it, fight or flight. But it's the same underlying cause. Do you see what I'm saying? So if you can go to the underlying cause and see through it into the fact that, hey, you can't lose yourself. <laughs> We're eternal. Mm. Everything's fine. Then we go to the third point. And the more people that can move into that reality, that is the, the higher frequency reality I'm talking about. And only some of us are going to get there. Anybody who wants to can get there. And they and now with things happening so quickly in the present moment, it could be instantaneous change. Go right up to the deadline and boom, you're there. Go right up to the deadline just like, and buy you know, whatever. <laughs> As if yeah. there's a deadline. You know, no. Right. No, I get it. I get it. But yeah. it's it's not about uh taking a long time anymore. Because mm -hmm. we can have instantaneous revelation and just get it. You know, I, I'm so I am eternally fascinated by how time works or, or is thought to work. And, but at the same time, it's sort of like if all these things are simultaneous and happening at the same time, not linear, when we get to that level, are we living all things at once or is it something, something else that, is not that, but also not linear. I think you're asking me to try to imagine what it's going to be like. Yes. <laughs> in that earth when you've been there, enlightenment right. exactly. occurs. And, and um, what I sense is that the physical experience, when it gets to a heightened level, it becomes something that it's almost like a fun vacation that people in spirit want to have. Because oh let's go let's go down in frequency and and play with creation, <laughs> you know, let's let's go down and you know as a group and see what our group mind is capable of creating in uh, the physical world. So this let's use it as our clay to sculpt and shape things and have fun and dip in and and dip out again. Right. So that brings us back to that idea of these the clusters of people being able to communicate 
and, and sync with each other. Sure. Yeah, but it's not, the earth is then not seen as a place of pain and suffering and sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It's fun. So it's like when you're a little kid and you get into a fight in the sandbox, but you always want to go back to the sandbox. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good example. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're just a bunch of kids. Um, right. It feels that way sometimes, right? Right. I think when you get more awakened, you get more childlike in some ways, but with a large, very large point of view or large scope. Um, and yet there's this kind of, you know, I always say self-entertainment is a very high state, you know, that, um, that if we're in self-sacrifice at all, then we're just, you know, missing the, the point. Yeah. And sacrifice is not noble. That's an old religious thing. Um, but becoming all of yourself and helping other people become all of themselves makes it more fun to be alive. I was, I was almost going to ask you about the in, uh, lavender people. I was like, no, it's not lavender. It's indigo people. Indigo, indigo children. children. Mm. Yeah. Um, is that something that you believe to be true? That, that that's a real, it's a real people. It's a real phenomena, I guess, for lack of a better word. Right. Yeah, I think so. I think that, but it's a broader situation than that. I think that we started as the Earth's frequency was growing and increasing. um, It became possible for beings that have not incarnated much in the past to be able to bridge themselves into the physical world. Mm-hmm. They were maybe hanging out in the mental plane or something for a long time and maybe more like intergalactic beings or something. But yeah. um, but as the Earth's frequency rose, they could actually be born. They could come in. And um, so soul groups started to come in, I think, very early. Oh, I don't know, maybe in the early 70s. And those that first group was called the Indigo Children. I'm not sure why they decided that was their name, but, uh, and there are certain functions. I think the first kind of group of souls that came in together are kind a little bit of disruptors in a way. They are, um, very honest. They don't like lies. They, um, they're trying to break apart some of the, the fear patterns that are around. And, um, I have a, a sense that a lot of the groups that came in that were used to being in the mental plane had they came down in frequency and then they hit the emotional plane especially the fear-based and negative kind of emotions that are in that zone yeah and and it was incredibly confusing for them so they almost like tried to jump over it and just get in the body without having to deal with it and so they have symptoms like you know adhd they have um rageaholism and and things where they just have an unequal expression of energy because they didn't understand how to calmly and quietly drop through the emotional body to get in. So they're having to learn very much about the fullness of being a human being by including emotions. But then there's the next groups came in and there's the crystal children and the whatever they're named now. (laughs) I don't know, but, um, some of the later groups are extremely compassionate. They are like, like little little 
love bugs, you know, and so wise. Mm. Um, and so they're very much about healing and spreading, you know, compassion and the psychic abilities and things that they're just naturally in that and telepathy and so forth. Mm. Um, and then there's the autistic kids, which I think they have. I don't think it's so much because of vaccines and all that. I think it was just that these are a group of souls who, who came in who have very, very high consciousness, uh, very technological kinds of consciousness as well as compassion. And they decided to bring their presence into the physical plane to help change the balance of energy or power on the planet. But they're going to shield themselves from the negativity by almost like being inside a plexiglass shield or something until the planet has evolved to a point where it's very commensurate with their own inner consciousness. And then they're going to be like the leaders and the, you know, innovators and so forth, be at home very much. So, Um, so there's a function for all the groups that are there. And then, you know, we all have our, our sort of groups too, that we're working on to try to get, through this bridge time between two different uh, realities. And I call that, you know, we're moving out of the information age, which is very linear, into the intuition age, where we integrate the right brain and intuition and direct knowing and all those inner realms. And while we're struggling back and forth between those realms, we need help, (laughs) you know, from wise people. Right. And so does the earth serve as a an assist to our spiritual growth individually does it help us i think so Um, especially if you go into it with a lot of love and respect and um, treat it as a wise teacher and a almost like a parent you know a loving parent and talk to it like you said hug a tree i love trees they're like brothers and sisters they're so wise and so generous. Um, did you and, did you read the book? Um, I think it was called The Giving Tree. Um, Shel Silverstein. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it, you it know, makes me sad at the same time, but it's mm-hmm. but it's there's something very beautiful about that story. Yes. Um, so you know that's why I think it's it is important to do ceremonies on the earth for the earth to. Yeah. You know, if you take something from the earth, give something back. Right, right. Even if it's just a small thing. Um, and and this is why, you know, we're, we're trying not to give back poisonous fertilizers. You know, we're trying, <laughs> trying to give back things that are going to help purify or help beautify. To bring Which, back a but, sense of respect and love. And that begs the question we we addressed, does it actually feel pain earlier, but does the earth react to abuse? Uh, well, react. I, I think... Well, sort of uh, like our bodies, you know, we yeah, have a immune sure. system, so... Yeah, it's going to throw off, it's going to contract because life can't flow through in certain areas that have been poisoned mm-hmm. or, you know burned or whatever it is you know the life can't flow there very well so it has to go elsewhere and wherever it's really blocked it's going to find exit points so earthquakes volcanoes weather 
um, coming up as um, energy that affects populations so that some people who are very susceptible to being connected with the earth may get really violent, you know, uh, and they may misinterpret that energy coming from the earth as some kind of mental belief system that they, they want theirs and that feeds into the polarity thing. Yeah. You know? Okay. So everyone listening, we're going to open up the phone lines. So if you want to speak to Penny Pierce, just call 85KGRA live. That's the paranormal, paranormal radio app phone line, 85KGRA live to ask Penny or myself your questions. When you are communing with Mother Earth, as, as it were, Penny, what does it feel like? Um, let me do it a minute. Um, it feels like, um, a combination of, of very deep gratitude and a kind of an awe about just the amazing variety of forms of life, Mm -hmm. how everything fits together so perfectly, how the colors are so beautiful, how the forms are so amazing. And you just go into that state of, um, it's almost ecstatic. If you really follow it all the way in, if you go into a flower, for instance, oh my goodness, it's so um, audacious, (laughs) you know? Um, And there's every kind of emotion, there's every kind of nuance of, of feeling. Every feeling state is replicated in nature, in forms of nature. You know, and I feel like if you are in a state of that kind of deep appreciation and you feel the unity of how life flows through it all and creates all these forms, but it's all the same life underneath and it's in you and there's no hierarchy, you know, like you're not better than an insect or a, or a you know, a weed, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you could go into that and become it and know the world that way. You could go into anything and know the world from that point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, so becoming the world is that kind of sense of, um, I am so glad to be able to be here and experience this kind of diversity of consciousness through a body, yeah. which is so sensitive in this one particular way that we're not, when we're in spirit, we can't feel it the same way. Right. It's funny that you mentioned gratitude because I, I feel like the idea and feeling gratitude is something that comes up in so many of our conversations here about spirituality and mental wellness. And I know for me that, that gratitude is an extraordinarily important part of my being of sober mind mm. and being grounded and and finding a, a, a more center within myself. Yeah. It's it it is I think the most important aspect of my spiritual life. And and there's days where I'm feeling less gratitude, I'm less mindful of it. And those are the days that I'm off. But the days when I'm feeling most grateful for the littlest things, a cup of coffee, um, yeah. those are my 
my better days mm-hmm. um, and not taking things like, you know, my wife or my parents or the job for granted, I'm, I feel so much better. It's really a function of attention. You know, gratitude is one of those mind mental words again, you know, that has been overused. So we, we just kind of slur over it and we forget to actually feel into it to see what it really is. Yes. You know, to me, it's like a state of amazement in a certain way. And I get to be here as an I, as a me (laughs) in the middle of this. And I have the ability to slide into any other form and know it. Oh, my gosh. You know, this is like, it's so much that you can't even encompass it. Yeah. It it really melts your mind. It kind of does. And I hadn't thought about it in that way until you said a state of amazement. Buddhists have always taught that you should sort of see life moment to moment and each moment is new. So when you walk by that that mailbox every single day, it's a slightly different mailbox, but only if you will see it that way. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it, it has its own consciousness. I mean, I talk to the molecules in the metal of my car, mm-hmm. you know, the engine and the, say, you know, and I greet them like they're friends, mm. you know, um, like, like even my coffee cup here is, and I'm having coffee too. <laughs> All right. Um, but, you know, I feel like the molecules in that cup uh, are inside the molecules are particles of light. And in those particles, there's consciousness. That means there's beings. There's something conscious there, you know. And it's, it, those particles have come together temporarily in this moment of my reality to make a coffee cup for me, to be with me. And I want to be with it. So, I, you know, we're together. You know, it's like it, it win-win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so everyone listening, once again, the call-in number is 85-KGRA-LIVE. And maybe you can share some jewels of wisdom with us tonight. Because what's interesting about all these conversations, Penny, is that, like you had said earlier about awareness and a state of amazement, it's every time I have a conversation like this, I hear something a little bit different. Mm. Yeah. You know, even the thing you said about taking things for granted. Um, okay. What does that mean? You mm. know, it means that they've been given. Right. But also it means that you took your attention out of them and are holding them as a kind of superficial given Um, And so I think that a lot of reality really is where do we place attention and how long do we place attention? Because the longer you place attention on something, the deeper you go into it, you penetrate and you go further and farther in and you start to understand, okay, my coffee cups got particles and in the particles is this and, and the, 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 um, purpose of that cup itself why it came together it has a life it has a purpose it's just like i do and i start to feel what it's like to be that cup and hold myself together just to serve you know or to have an experience and then i love it 
you know, now if I take my attention out of it, I just grab one off the shelf and go drink out of it, you know. <laughs> but there's another layer and layer and layer that we go can go into. Um, and we don't have to go that deeply into everything or, to, you know, we'd never get anything done, I suppose. But um, but more and more we could do that. Right. Question things. Well, speaking of questions, we have um, our first caller, Ron, coming in. We're going to have Bill Skywatcher, our producer, pull him in because I'm having some issues with the phone lines on my end. So, Bill, do you have Ron? Ronald is there. Hey, Ronald, how are you? Hey, Alan, how you doing? And hello to Penny. Hi. Yes. Happy birthday. <laughs> nice to Thank you, thank you. Um, Bill, Bill suggested that I don't ask you to sing because last uh, I called on Friday, I called and talked with Don and and Richard on Saturday, and I asked them to sing, and they they all balked and they didn't want to sing. I don't know why, but anyway, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I, I want to ask you to sing, but uh, thank you for the for the happy birthday wish. I've been having a great day, and everybody's been. So nice and kind, and sharing a lot of fun things on the on the Facebook, which I know you don't like Facebook that much, but other things, you know. But um, I had a, some thoughts about what you've been talking about. You you talked to think about blink out or blink back in. I've had experiences like that myself, not when I'm driving, but like when I'm just sitting there, <laughs> um, relaxing, and all of a sudden I just I, I go somewhere and I come back. My eyes are still open when I'm coming back. I just like go somewhere, come back. I've done this quite a few times, not knowing where I go, not knowing what I'm getting, not knowing what's happening. Not really afraid of it, just wondering what's going on. So the question I had in chat, is it good to say that we don't need to be afraid of the next level and should we embrace it and go with the flow, so, so to speak, and not fight it? Yeah, well, you know, I, I really feel like the next level is more of you. you know, oh, it's yes. a, and it's a, a, a way of understanding yourself that is more compassionate, more fun, more more of a relief, if you will. Um, yeah. Uh, I had an experience one night where I woke up in the middle of the night and I sat up in bed, turned on the light, and I kind of exhaled and the room disappeared. And I was um, a ball of light floating in space, but it was still oh, me. Wow. Absolutely me. I could, you know, didn't lose a thing about a sense of self. And then I, like, whatever, inhaled and the room came back or vice versa, whatever it was. But, and the room showed up again. And then it, it went away again, and then it showed up again. And it was almost like I could feel when it went away, there was a kind of inner blueprint of what the room was supposed to look like in that energy field. And then when I let go, it it showed up again. So I was like just rocking in and out between the two kind of realities. And it was it was really cool. I thought, well, I guess this is what it's like when you die. You just kind of pop over to the other one, you know, and it's it's still you, but you're just free in, in space. You're not, you're not when, tied, yeah. tied in. Yeah. And then uh, when we have doubt and then uh, we might be popped back into our reality of where we're at. Mm-hmm. 
like a lot of times, like if you're having a dream, and all of a sudden you get scared and you wake up out mm-hmm. of the dream, but yet you wanted to see the rest of that dream, sometimes you can actually go back into that dream the next night or the next hour or whatever. You know, if you go back to sleep, sometimes you can pick up where you left off. I've done that That's- before. Yeah, yeah. Or you can yeah. meditate the next day and go back into it and extend it, too. But okay. yeah, um, yeah. Th- uh, I think, you know, we do this in a small way all day long. You know, you're working at your computer or your desk or something and you space out. Now, maybe some question popped up that you you thought, oh, I wonder what that is. And then you go out and look for an answer in the higher realm. But you don't exactly know that you're doing it because it's not with your left brain. Oh, so you're yeah. accessing, you come back in, and then maybe it kind of filters back in in a little while, and you say, oh, maybe I should do this next, you know. Um, so oh, I think yeah. we, <laughs> we, I call it the round trip. You know, we go, we go, go. out Good. and get Good stuff point. and come back in again, and it's it's constant with us. Well, that one phrase that I see on, on T-shirts and posters and things like that, keep calm. <laughs> Right. Uh, keep See, calm and relax, or however it is. Uh, thank you, Alan, for such a great show. And Penny, you're a great guest. And thank you, oh, producer thanks. Bill, for making everything work. And uh, again, uh, um, I'll be listening next week. So keep the shows coming, Alan. All right, brother. Thanks, right. Ron. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Good night. So, yes, I agree with Ron. You are a great guest, Penny. I, I, love, <laughs> I love talking with you. Oh, yeah, it's fun because it flows so well. Well, it, it, that's what's interesting about all these topics is that there's that interconnectedness to it all, um, which is why you have so many books, right? There's there's so much to cover. And, right. you know, each detail or each specific topic has a, a multitude of more detailed explanations and um so you, obviously you can't you can't cover all of it in one night right but my my sense from you is that is there i guess there's really no reason to despair does that make sense absolutely no reason it just creates bad situations it's a bad use of the mind let's say a bad use of your creative abilities. Mm. Someone was, well, I was reading or watching some video on YouTube or something, and they were discussing this old outmoded notion of like the way to deal with your anger. Do you remember there was a period, I think it was like in the eighties or nineties where it was like, Oh, you just need to get, get that anger out and go punch a pillow, go scream at something. Yeah. And, Primal scream. Right. But, but, but psychology has shown that, you know, especially measuring, you know, MRIs and whatnot, that all you're really doing is reaffirming to your neurons that this is how you manage with stress. You scream, right. you yell, you beat something, you break something. So it feels good in the moment, but, you're just reaffirming the same behavior. Right. I I've experienced that with the idea of grief, um, where I, I started to feel grief about something and then I went into more and more and more of it. Like, and it, then I got into this kind of oceanic grief about the planet and people's captivity within suffering. And, and it just 
got, there was no end to grief. Yeah. yeah. No end. You could make it as big as you want, and that would be your world. And as soon as I got that and I saw that, I went, oh, what am I even participating in this for? You know, like like it's ridiculous. I'm using up all my energy being mesmerized by this thing. And uh, no point, you know, no point. Well, it's like on, on YouTube, there are YouTubers out there that, and talk show hosts in general, that trigger em- your emotion by being angry about something. And you, you can kind of get sucked into it. I know years ago, I was listening to Alex Jones fairly mm-hmm. regularly, mm-hmm. and I, I told a friend of mine who was also listening to it, I was like, I, I can't listen to this anymore. <laughs> like my, literally, I was feeling worse. And even if, you know, some of the points he's making were true, and yes, there are things to be angry about in this world, man, I I can't like ball up all my energy into that, that, that feet, that sphere uh, to use right. your, your, ana- yeah. And because it's just cycles. Back, no, it just oh. validates it. Yeah. 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 I, think I had to get out of that to, to break free. Feel into the, you know, this is like, what is the deeper meaning of anger? Mm-hmm. You go into it. It's really about frustration, which if you go under that, it's about the fact that somewhere you believe that the world is separated into an inside and an outside world. And mm-hmm. you gave the outside world all the power over you to tell you what you could do. Right. I have enough anxiety as it is. I don't need. (laughs) And then you rebelled against that authority that you gave to the outside world and you did it all yourself anyway, (laughs) which is the joke, you know, so that when you're angry at something, it's only because you created the belief that you're um, disempowered about something and you can't be yourself. Right. So why bother protesting so much? Why don't you just be yourself? Well, that falls in line with, I think, what you were saying earlier, to not fear what isn't. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Yeah, interesting. That's right. So have you ever found yourself caught up in in anything in particular that really had you kind of worked up and worried? Oh, God, many times. Lots of karma that I've been, (laughs) I've gone through in my life. And I even have a thing where I have this barking dog up in the in the house behind me where they you know he's they leave him out there and he's neurotic and he wants to come in and he barks and barks and barks and no one pays attention they'll go on for hours and it makes me insane so i have to get myself into this state expand my ball put the dog in the barking inside the ball and let it all be there and try to get my attention just back to a state of inner harmony you know, but it can be something just as mundane as that, you know, that can set you off. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is we all have our triggers and we need to sort yeah. of figure out what those are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we only have a few more minutes left, really. So in regard to Mother Nature, planet Earth, is there anything else that you think that's really important that we haven't touched on? I do feel that some of these soul groups that we talked about a little while ago, and, you know, you might call them the millennials now, or uh, some of the little kids, too. I mean, I think they're going to be doing a lot because they will feel connected with the earth Mm -hmm. somehow in them. If they can get away from their cell phones, you know, I think they will they will start to have a larger interest in um, 
first it might come through, you know, have, leaving a less of a blue, a, you know, carbon footprint or, you know, more intellectual things. Yeah. But eventually yeah. I think they're going to be drawn into kind of earth based, uh, behaviors, let's say, or maybe more ceremony or, or travel to power places on the earth to feel things. Um, so I think they're going to be a big help in the long run. And so we can, we can in the meantime, reach down into the earth. Yes, we can, we can, can travel down, we can, you know, fall through, we can, glide in whatever way you like to visualize it it's interesting Uh, because when i when i first started reading about meditation i remember one of the techniques that i read in the book was sort of to imagine you're in an elevator um and they go to go up one level and then up another level and up another level but in this case you're going down right and you're getting into a deeper and deeper which is the same as going out and out and you go to the core you get to the purity of anything you get to the reality of anything right right. you know and um i mean i've often had a vision of i go down in there and sometimes it it looks a little different sometimes sometimes there's like a big cave in the middle with a big fire going and all these old grandmothers sitting around you know meditating and fixing things on the surface of the earth (laughs) and then another time it's almost like the um did you ever see that minority report movie yeah yeah where they had the precogs laying in the pool of water. Right, right. And there's and I go down in there and I lay down in that pool of water and you have to make your mind absolutely still otherwise you disturb everybody. And everybody's working telepathically to move things on the surface of the planet. So who knows? I mean, you know, in Atlantis or whatever they called it the halls of Amenti. Um there's a lot of esoteric stuff about the center of the earth. Absolutely, yeah. It's 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 central to so many world mythologies. Penny, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Oh boy, it was fun. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to find out more about Penny Pierce, just go to Penny P E N N E Y Pierce P E I R C E dot com. Okay. So I promise you, I will get the next video in the fun with ufology series out this week i don't know when but it's coming and next week my guest is rebecca hardcastle and we will be talking about exoconsciousness extraterrestrials and um so much more an extension really of of what we're talking about tonight that a literal extraterrestrial extension join us next week eight 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on KGRRadio.com, your official contact for the best in alternative talk radio. And you can find out more at KGRARadio.com slash Paranormal Now or Paranormal underscore Now on Twitter. Special thanks to tonight's special producer at KGRA, Bill Skywatcher. And until next time, live in the mystery.